can you confirm that? Is filmed in front of a live studio audience. I was so mad uh, at Zara's the other day, like a couple weeks ago. I um, was in the self-checkout. Okay. And there was an item that was like 50% off if used tonight. You know how sometimes they do that? Right. So I took advantage of it. <laughs> Not ashamed. Are you talking like in-store special or are you talking like on an app, like an Optimum app deal kind of thing? In-store. Oh, nice. So, okay. I never used that app. Um Oh, you might as well, man. You get money back, essentially. All right? Like, for shopping where you shop. So I uh, didn't key it in right, I guess. And so I called over the lady at the self-checkout and said, oh, this didn't go through. And she, like, was like, okay, okay, take it off, take it off. Oh, can you move out of the way a little? I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm like, oh, this is a teachable moment? All right. <laughs> like, I just wanted her to come over, take the 50% off, and... Let me go about my business. I don't need to know how to do it for next time. But I think you do because that means you can take every like every item can be fifty percent off. She's like showing you the master, like taking you behind the scenes, Wizard of Oz style, and you're like, no, no. You know how good that would have been information wise. You go yeah, into but, the eh? yeah, but fuck her for making it a teachable moment. No one wants that anymore. <laughs> Plus Productions proudly presents Can You Confirm That? Starring Gaurav Wander and John Brown. Welcome everybody to another week of Can You Confirm That? We are at episode 141. It's uh, it's May now. Wow. That's pretty exciting, I guess, right? It's, if you uh, like warmer yeah. weather. I think uh, I think most of us are inclined to say yes to that. Yeah, having come out of the winter, it seems uh, appropriate in May to say I like warm weather. Come back to me in August, John, and we'll see then what I really yeah. think. Uh, <laughs> when you've had enough of it, right? yeah. That uh, that one heat wave it. at the end of never August win. <laughs> never win in Canada, right? Because it's always like a little bit too long of both. <laughs> I would say summer's not not long enough i wouldn't say it's too long i would just say that we're not accustomed to it enough that when you do get that one week in august where it's like above 35 for like four days in a row you start to really really be like ah you know what i'm not used to this i don't need it (laughs) like it's it's overblown this hot weather (laughs) well you can maybe the is the new uh sky dome does it is it supposed to help you with the heat this summer i mean as long as they Open the roof. It'll be fine, I think. Okay. When they That's redesigned it, it, they didn't put, like, misting and sprinkler systems in or anything? Oh, God. I would hate misting. I would hate... It's a, you know, the only time I like that is, like, when I'm leaving that one... Like, the Sky Rider at, like, Wonderland, and they've got those little Coca-Cola mist boots before you get to the next ride. That's totally. the only place. Actually, I remember, like, way back in the day, like, 94, 96, whenever those Atlanta Olympics were... Um, I had an aunt who was working at a factory that was doing like promotional items for the Olympics. Like they were making and packaging. Right. So she ended up with like three or four cases at home of this little, uh, think of like a, just like a normal air freshener spray can thing, but it was just condensed water mist. 
and yeah, it was okay. labeled whatever. And I had like I I abused those that summer. I mean every every ten minutes I was like, oh, a little bit of mist on the face, and then you realize it's it's kind of silly. I know that product. My sister bought it. Uh, Evian Evian used to make like a mister. Oh wow! Okay, and yeah. you just like hit it up and. Carla, my wife, used to work for um, a skincare company. And my favorite, uh, shout out to Grounded Sage, my favorite uh, product they made was this, like, hydration mist. It was, like, Mm. tree oil and shit, and I would just spray it on my face. I don't know why. (laughs) I guess uh, in in a way to pull back the curtain for people who are listening and kind of want to know what I'm really like. Uh, I do have one of those little eye roller things, like those little, uh, you never seen like the, it's a, for the, you roll it under your eye. It's like a metal ball with some water that comes out of it. It's supposed to like rehydrate your, the bags under your eyes. Um, right. And you know, yeah, there you go. You've got one similar yeah. item kind of sitting there. Yeah. I'm a fancy boy. These are from Sage, you know, that Sage. <laughs> okay. Like, uh, like, uh, whatever they called that oils and, and stuff like that, that kind of shit. It's not from the apothecary on Schitt's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> might as well be. All right. Might as well be. Oh, goodness. Yeah, man. Great yeah. facial care, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I took one of those to work, the peppermint uh, peppermint ones for headaches. Oh, okay. I took, took one to work, and I said to my boss, he was sitting across from me at a table, I'm like, are you okay with me using this while I'm here? Because it has a strong scent. Oh, he thought it was like uh, yeah. he thought it was some sort of marijuana apparatus. <laughs> I was gonna say he probably thought it was like topical something, right? But he handled it like he was like, "Well, John, I guess it depends on when you use it and where you are at the time." And <laughs> I was like, "What do you think this is? This is peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally just water for my eyes." Yeah. <laughs> if I have a little ouchie and I don't want to take Tylenol, like <laughs> that's funny. That's good. <laughs> oh, it's hard, right? I mean, yeah. You know what? That's a that's a good boss who's just God bless him. Yeah, <laughs> right. Maybe found himself in some hot water earlier when he like rushed to judgment and has learned to never do that again. You know what I mean? That's what that is. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> so, have you? I I need to talk to you about uh, a YouTube channel. I sent you a clip. I sent you a clip for a, a guy I kind of like. Uh, sure. inter, internet comment etiquette. Internet comment etiquette. Did not have a chance to see it. Did see the link. Um, just uh, wanted to reiterate. You also sent me a TikTok and then said, uh, I sent you a TikTok. Uh, <laughs> and to that, I must say, I do not have TikTok. It is uninstalled. Oh. It's been long uninstalled. Um, during our cybersecurity little briefing we did. I, ah. I kind of got off the boat with them. Uh, you know what? I noticed something sneaky about that TikTok app. It, without me ever using it, it, the background and like the data that it was like the amount of storage it was taking up on my phone continued to grow. Oh, right. So for me to have not opened the app for three weeks and it to go from like 880 megabits to like 994, was kind of suspect to me. Um, and then. I kind of got rid of it after that. Should should can you confirm that close its TikTok account? No, no. I mean, listen, we've got a faithful audience to to serve, <laughs> and you know your data's fine. <laughs> no, I don't. Maybe not. <laughs> your data's fine. I've, I've I don't got, want my data at risk. I got a cybersecurity world to keep and keep in check. Um, 
I mean, it's, it's essentially like being tech support and being like not capable of like understanding if something's been powered on. Couldn't find myself in that, in that world. But yes, man, tell me about comment etiquette because it's, uh, I feel it's, it's, it's a, a, a newer, um, you know what? I feel like there could be legislation here is what I'm saying. <laughs> there might be rules that are needed. No, I just, uh, I, the channel specifically isn't, isn't something of importance. But I'm just a little concerned for my friend that he's, you know, seeing some interesting engagement in leaving internet comments. And I don't want you to go down a rabbit hole of angry internet friend. <laughs> no, no, never. Um, I, I hear your concern, John, and I will follow it up with, uh, you know, one of the keys to life is moderation, right? All in, all in, all in good fun and, uh, and not too much of it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, for me, I think when you are as elder millennial as we are, uh, yeah. we, we approach the internet at a certain time when, uh, there was the requirements for registering to just leave a comment anywhere, right? And then you entered into this weird world where you could leave them with, uh, slang things. And then, or, or like anonymous right there. And I think what's kind of happened is that sort of 2006 through 2016 era of how we were using internet comments, um, has changed from 2016 to now, right? There was a time prior to 2016 where it felt like, uh, you would tongue in cheek it and you would also, uh, understand it was very hard at that time to kind of be like, who is this person? And now it's very easy to know who it is because you're either commenting on Facebook publicly, on Twitter publicly, on Instagram publicly, with your handle, your bio, and everything. Um, it's a very different thing than having posted back on like uh, a random forum uh, mm-hmm. with with anonymous as your tag, and maybe you're just replying to like a Toronto Star hockey article, right? This is another reason. Why I give my parents a high five for naming me John Brown. Because every once in a while I'm reminded, like, yeah, sure, my name's a little ambiguous. Yeah, maybe it was a little plain or whatever. And I once in a while said, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have a really unique name? But at the same time, I can exist and not exist. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that is really, that is truthfully one of the things that is. It's like, I guess I could blend in in India, but I'll, maybe not. Right? Like, I don't even know if I could make yeah. it blending, blend in there as much with my comments because none of mine would be in, in Hindi, right? Like, they'd all be in English. And they'd be like, that's, that's a foreigner. And then all of a sudden, I'd get called out there. <laughs> I don't think your name is as uh, common, like, even in India, as John <laughs> Brown. Like, what's the John no, Brown? You're not, you're not going to, yeah, you're not going to see a lot of wanders, right? Like, no. just in general. What do you think um, the John Brown equivalent in India? What name is the John oh, Brown? Oh, there's probably a bunch, right? Um, as the last name Brown, you know, you can go with any Patel or any Kumar or anything okay, like yeah. that, right? Patel, uh, I think, yeah. And then for a John, I mean, I don't know, man. You could go with Kumar Patel, to be honest, and just be as simple as that. Like, you'd blend right in. Yeah. But, um I like it. If I ever have to run away to India, that might be my alias. <laughs> that might be. 
Don't I look like be. a Kumar Patel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one to judge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it's a interesting. I remember, like, oh, back in the day, comments used to make me laugh. Right, like comments in the beginning days of what I remember the internet being for me. I remember it being actually just people trying to make jokes, right? Okay, yeah. And it was always just people having fun. And it was never really anyone being like, this is too woke, or this is too left, or this is too this, that, or anything, right? Like, no one had the capacity for that. It was either just like, I don't get the joke, um, or (laughs) ha-ha, that was funny, right? Like, that's all it ever was. Yeah. Or once in a while, you would see something cute. And I remember being like, I used to cut and paste comments that I found funny and put them on Facebook for other people to see. And it was always someone young, you know what I mean, who had said something dumb. And it was just very funny. Like, and it was one of those things where it was just like, one of the ones that sticks out to me, and this is the reason I just love comments, is I was, I was on a Toronto Star or a Globe or something article, and someone, whoever wrote the article, um, had written something along the lines of like, on his own dime, right? Like, as in like, the person uh, got to wherever they had to do on their own dime, right? Right, right. And naturally, children who don't know how currency works, but like, like a crypto, like, I don't know what it was, but this guy jumped in and was just like, on his own dime? On his own dime? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh my (laughs) God, how did this article even get approved? It's on your own time, right? Oh. (laughs) And, And it was just like the absolute sort of like servitude that this person was like dripping in. (laughs) <laughs> when they put this comment out there of like how sure they were having not like they were just so hundred percent positive. And of course you have like the 40 year old man who comes in, who's like the professor at whatever. And is like on his own dime is an expression that dates back to, <laughs> right. And it's like, I mean, that's like, what I loved back in the day. How you, how can you be like an internet user who finds comments like that and still, so ignorant of the internet that you don't know that if you don't understand something, you could Google it and literally find its meaning before you act like a fool. Right. It kind of reminds me of what was that Jay Leno sketch where they would like have like silly headlines and stuff. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. In the news or something like that. Right. And it was like, those were real headlines that people would send in from across the country. Yeah. Yeah. This is like uh, our generation's version of in the news. Kinda. It really is, because there's no newspapers to, like, look through, right? It's not <laughs> like you can dive through the classifieds looking for stuff. Um, the comments are kind of that now. It 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 was just one of those things that made me laugh back then, because I was like, wow, to be so sure and how, like, to be so wrong, but to be so sure is so <laughs> weird. And it's become that now even more. I would, like, that's an old example, right? If I'm cutting and pasting comments from Toronto Star and posting them on Facebook, so people can see them. This is a pre-2011 thing, because I haven't used Facebook properly in like a decade, right? <laughs> um, so that's how bad that, like long ago, that would be. But it hasn't, it hasn't, I would say, gotten better. I would say it's gotten worse. Totally. Where people have access to fact check any little thing they want to, and they don't, because they would rather just comment on what they, and hey man, we can unpack this all day long. But I can only imagine how much, like how much worse this is going to get when when people can't even tell the difference between a deep fake 
like an AI or something that's actually historical, um, people are going to lose their minds. And then guys like me are really going to lose their minds because it's one of those things where it's like, I pull my hair out going, it's not that hard to find out if that's true. <laughs> like, it's just not hard. Yeah. But Gaurav nowadays too, like whatever disillusion you want to have, like you can find an echo chamber probably that will agree with you. Like, yeah, you know, there's probably like 15 websites that say on your own mm-hmm. dime doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I think there is, Listen, there's a capability and there's a way to fix this problem. I'll tell you what the real issue is. The problem really is when, for example, um, something gets posted and let's say it's not the full context or the quote, but it's an inside joke for those who've seen the whole thing, right? So when you posted a snippet or whatever, and then invariably you're going to have people in the comments who are going off about how, uh, Oh, I can't believe this person would say that, or I can't believe they would do that. How rude they were to the, to the host of the thing. Right. Um, you know, here's a good classic example, right? Just imagine, uh, you got like Chris Evans, uh, and Chris, Chris Evans is like, um, on and doing it like an insight. You know, actually, here's a better example because I think everybody knows this one. The Matt Damon, Jimmy Kimmel thing, right? Jimmy right. Kimmel always running out of time for Matt Damon and they, him cons- consistently being like the kids overrated and all that. One now, of my favorites. Right. If you don't know or if you don't care, if your entire reflex is to be I hate celebrities and everything they stand for, when you see that clip in your timeline, you invariably are like, Good, Matt Damon is a dick. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad Jimmy Kimmel finally said what we're all thinking, right? Like right. that kind of shit. Right. Now, we also live in a time where it's so confusing that somebody could write that as a joke. Totally. And you may miss the joke because what makes a good joke is the proper language, right? Sometimes one word in a sentence can make it a joke or make it come across as like you are uninformed and an idiot, right? And so it's a hard way to figure it out nowadays. Um, And then there's guys like me who just, you can kind of tell who doesn't know. And, And you're my initial, listen, I'm an optimist. I'm a good guy. I like to think. And my initial reaction is generally like, let's try to, let's, let's try to educate, right? Let's try to educate and maybe laugh, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to point out that, like, I don't like the comment that comes back with like, you're stupid and this is why and here's the facts. Don't (laughs) put the person down. Just maybe tell them that they're not with it the way they should be, right? Like there's a difference between saying you're stupid and saying you didn't take the time to look this up, Mm -hmm. right? Because you can be very, very smart but you didn't take the time to look it up and I'll cut you the slack of this. It's nearly impossible to look it up when you're in TikTok or Instagram or Twitter, right? Because that app is not going to let you copy, right click search within the app. Like, I'm sorry, I've left my comment. I got to move on to the next reel. That's the issue really is you're too busy moving on to the next reel that you don't even know if the last one was real. Right. Well, I think, yeah, I think the, the, one of the problems is that people aren't developing that kind of intelligence anymore because they have access to every piece of information, even things that they wouldn't naturally yeah. attain. Right. And I will tell you this, it, a lot of things in life are not like riding a bike. Yeah. Right. A lot of things in life are, if you don't use it, you lose it. 
an example, man. I'm running through the Canadian Tire a week or two ago with my kid, little one. Uh, you know, he's a ma- he he wouldn't even know what MapQuest is, let alone a real ass map, right? And I'm we're walking through the parts auto parts section, and even I shocked, like jaw drop, dropping to the ground. I'm like, do you know what these are? He's like, what? <laughs> what are these? And I'm like, these are maps, <laughs> Pearly's maps. I remember these from the late nineties. I don't know if your dad had these in your car or not, but I know mine did. Uh, and it was it's like those yellow spiral bound books. And yeah. it was like, you could buy it for like KW greater region, right? Or city of Toronto or like as specific as you wanted or as broad as you wanted. And it was like a flip book map thing. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, Oh, these are maps. I open it up and I'm like, I show it to him and I'm like, this is, I don't know what I'm reading, right? Like, I know there was a time when I knew how to read that map. <laughs> and I'm looking at it right now going, where's the where's the yellow arrow that tells me where I'm supposed to be? Or like, where's the blue arrow that tells me where my next turn is? Like, <laughs> uh, my finger's lost. I don't have a magnifying glass to, to distinguish these six different red lines that are all intersecting. <laughs> like, it was... Not good. And I, I, in that moment, realized there's probably a shit ton of stuff that I used to do that I probably can't remember how to do now. Totally. I I feel I'm living the exact same life. I, um, I I haven't taught guitar in a year. I used to be a guitar teacher for 16 years. I taught. And um, in the last year, I haven't taught at all. So I went from at least on average playing 15 hours a week okay, and like practicing fundamentals yeah. basically a lot, most of the time Yeah, to like, you know, maybe playing an hour or two a week. And like, I definitely feel like I still know, obviously my brain still knows the same things, but I definitely feel sluggish or more fatigue playing. Like you definitely can lose it. Like you know, like the reflex and the motor memory is kind of slowing down compared to like what you're, yeah, that's like an athlete kind of thing too, right? Like okay. as they age yeah. a little bit and they're kind of like, man, I just, I can't hit that fastball like I used to. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's one of those things. I'm just like an athlete. <laughs> there you go. You know, I made I thought, you made me think that, um, we're living in the Andy Kaufman, uh, reality. Okay. I like just, when, when you when you were talking, you know, we always talk about darkest timeline or whatever. Yeah, yeah. This is the Andy Kaufman timeline, like where he existed and now basically everything is an Andy Kaufman joke. Everything and ever, everything is. It's surrealism at its best, right? Because you don't really ever know if it's true or not. No, well, like almost all entertainment that we see that's supposed to be real life is like friggin' stage. Mm-hmm, One mm-hmm. that I'm just, you know, I've actually fallen down a huge rabbit hole. <laughs> This, like, the last couple, maybe the last day, only, like, a day, but <laughs> hopefully I move on quick, but I'm, like, super invested in this Britney Spears conspiracy going on right now. Have you heard of this? I, it, it kind of crossed my, my radar. I was, I guess I was too busy to go deep down it, but it, I, I'll tell you this much. I heard the grand sort of overview. Uh, I think it was, like, a news program, some morning show. I don't know. Um, and, and my initial gut reaction was, oh yeah, that, that's probably true. (laughs) Well, you're about to go deep down it right now, buddy. (laughs) Let's go. Take me down this rabbit hole. So (laughs) remember the free Britney movement? Yes, I do. 
we do not think she's free at all. Oh, <laughs> we, eh? So you've, you're aligned. You're on board. You get it. You're, you're with them. I'm way, I'm way in, I'm like screaming for help right now. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> screaming for help. Okay. Like basically the whole internet thinks that she's a deep fake right now. Like she's releasing videos of her dancing and stuff. And basically there are like tons of videos like showing like, where the filter cuts off and like her eyes are a different color and like her teeth are different and like all this, you know, Ooh, AI can't do this. Well, so see, notice in this scene that she doesn't have any teeth or whatever. Like she's got like six fingers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Classic AI. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm super invested. I was like, before this, before we met, I was looking into, where what she's doing like uh they think that maybe uh this is the big theory the, her husband do you know who her husband is the sam asgari sam asgari yeah something like that he was who was he he was someone right like at <laughs> one point like a manager of hers or maybe or like not really like he was hired as a love interest on one of her videos oh okay 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 yeah like a model Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, but I guess the thing that's like pointing to this being a conspiracy is that maybe Sam was hired by her family to keep her in check, like post, uh, conservator, conservatory or whatever it is. <laughs> like an in-house spy. Conservatorship. Yeah. 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 Like a in-house spy. So apparently they started dating before the conservatorship ended. Okay. She was only supposed to, she wasn't allowed to date according to the clause, except for with her parental like permission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. And then, uh, they got married and they, they're like suspecting that maybe like he's there to like now that, the, now that she's free to still kind of keep her in line for the people that sure. want her. So he's just kind of there to be like, do you really need that Birkin bag? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've I've never understood. I mean, I understand, but I don't understand uh, sort of the idea of. Yes, I get that her father was kind of like her manager, but generally. That's not enough to you mean, like the idea of like that they're they're kind of saying that she's. Committable, right? Like uh, that, that, that she's not all there. I don't know if. That's true the same way that, like, you can make the argument, sure, but there's there's this thing from the outside where me and you kind of look at someone like Brittany and go, yeah, but is she any more, you know, air quotes, nuts than Michael Jackson was? Right? Like, Michael Jackson had monkeys, uh, had an entire ranch with, like, carousels and stuff, and we all just kind of were like, yeah, that's cool. Like, Joe never... Like, Way you know, worse things. <laughs> yeah, of course. And like, you never saw Joe Jackson show up. Like, we got to lock this boy down. Um, because my my like, what I don't get about the Britney thing is, is like, do these parents think they're gonna outlive her? That somehow, like, they just need to somehow keep that money safe for themselves. Um, it really makes no sense, right? And, and it's. It's a shame that Brittany and Macaulay didn't become friends like early on or something. And Macaulay mm-hmm. Culkin could have just guided her through this and been like, hey, you know how you get rid of your parents out of your life and keep all your fucking money? This <laughs> is how. Um, 
but goodness, I don't know. It's, it's a shame, man. Right. Like to me, it's kind of like, I would, I'd like to see the real Brittany. Yeah. See, that's right. right. That's part of it. Like, so there's this whole, the whole part for me is the fascination between like, is is there something wrong with her? Is she actually there? Does she look okay? Like that whole thing is like, okay, that's what's like, that kind of makes it all interesting. If there's so much concern over like her estate. Right. And, and seeing as she is free, right. And her as, as we, right. Yeah. As we say, like she is free. Uh, as far as I understand, like the, the judges ruled in her favor and all that. I don't know if anything's changed since I haven't been following this. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, but assuming all of that is the case, uh, it's all, uh, you know, like it, it's strange to me because like if she's free, I don't think the content that would be going out on her social media right now is the kind of content that you would see from like, a hostage being held by Al Qaeda, right? <laughs> like when those hostages release those videos and they give you like a thumbs up, like there we're all good. I'm I'm learning about the culture. Um, I'm I might go vegetarian even. Yay, right? Like and you're like, well, that's Bill. Bill has like 17 cows on his farm that he kills for fun to eat every day. Like there's no way he's going vegetarian. Something's wrong with Bill, right? And it's kind of like that's what you get from these Britney videos and stuff. Is that if it was really her, I feel like you'd get like more. Right. So that, yeah, that's it. Like, like that's part of the whole thing. They're like, it's, why is she just like dancing? She hasn't actually done an interview. They think that, um, some, a lot of these things are deep faked. Um, so, you know, like basically like a model that might look sort of similar with like a, you know, the same body shape or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they can kind of like, deep fake it and that's why like uh i said they were kind of like critiquing the filters and stuff like that they may have kevin kleined her right they may have found dave the the brother of the president or whatever and made him made made it happen because the more you bring it up (coughs) sorry excuse me the more you bring it up the more it's kind of like okay if she's free has there not been like a single person who's reached out and been like do you want to be on our podcast Brittany?" and it's not like like uh, Oprah, Meghan Markle, uh, mm-hmm. Michelle Obama. Like, name the amount of women in positions of power right now that are doing podcasts that could probably get her on if she were reachable, right? Um, and if she's free, you got to assume you're not still going through her dad to book things. There's got to be an agent. There's got to be publicist, someone you can reach out to be like, hey, do you, do you think she'd want to talk about just anything you know you could like at this point you could be like we want to talk to her for 30 minutes and we won't even bring up any of that stuff we just want to hear about like music the past vegas right why wouldn't she want to talk about that stuff yeah she loves her fans why wouldn't she want to communicate to her fans in one of those kinds of safe formats right like she could sit down with a friend who's doing a show and not yeah man because it's now now not to say that I'm going off the conspiracy rail right now. Oh. But if you one. were, because the way we do things on this pod is we put it into the universe and we see it come to fruition in a couple weeks. I'm just <laughs> going to say three to four weeks from now, when we hear about Brittany appearing on a podcast, let's take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> if it's not a video podcast, if it's an right. audio only podcast, we know what these deep fakes can do. We, shit, we don't <laughs> even know if me and John are real this week right now. 
People do think that too, actually. People think that there's like interviews and stuff with old recordings answering and like they, uh, they, there was like a video that, uh, Sam, her husband or potentially ex-husband, um, filmed for her birthday and they, it was just a video of him giving her like a cake or whatever, singing happy birthday. And they feel like her responses in that were pre-recorded. Okay. Yeah. People don't think she was actually there or whatever. Um, I, I just, I think it's so interesting that the, the world loves their missing pops, female pop star, uh, conspiracies. Cause we talked about Avril hey, uh, like two weeks ago, didn't we? Right. We did. Oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah. And I guess they're all of a certain time. Mm-hmm. Right. We haven't heard anybody say Ariana Grande has got any issues right now. I mean, it, Not, it is all of a certain time period. Like it's that. Watch the, out, Ar- Ariana, though. It's coming. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, it seems like it's uh, currently afflicting early millennial hits, right? Like, oh, yeah. The next person could be Christina Aguilera or perhaps like uh, Jessica Simpson or like, well, I, I assume Michelle Branch is missing still, right? <laughs> So anybody from that era, might. I don't even know who that is, Michelle Branch. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, man. She was huge once. I'm I'm actually more of the free Michelle Branch category. Um, Where's Natalie and Bruglia? <laughs> there you go. I wonder what she's tearing up right now. I think she's still singing "Torn" to that's whoever will listen to it. <laughs> there you go, man. You literally, I think you just missed the tearing it up right now, and you came back with the torn. I like it. I like it. Oh shit. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's weird. I don't know, man. And Mike, the thing with Britney and the AI and what you can do now is that you can, you can essentially program what 20, 30 hours worth of like interviews and everything that we know exists from the actual times of like Carson Mm. Daly and all those TRL interviews. And you could essentially put out something, right? Um, you know, sidetrack or sorry not sidetrack uh, a little side tangent sure we've talked a lot about ai recently over the last maybe like the last month or two on the pod right because everybody in the world's kind of talking about it and they're all really worried about how it's going to affect people um uh-huh. and we talk about jobs and industries and the way it affects people the only thing i'm gonna say is that the the disruptability ai has for someone like Dana Carvey, it's too much. Like, <laughs> like it, to think that we could probably, mm, no, nay, we will make impressionists and people who do impressions pretty much like <laughs> trash. You know what I mean? A couple of years from now, no one will be impressed. Who's your favorite impers- imp- impressionist? There's a handful of guys that are really good that mm-hmm. don't, don't do a lot of them like openly that are kind of good, but, um, uh, who's the guy from Saturday night live that does some really good. Well, you know, we like the Donald Trump kid, right? Who, yeah. the James Taylor Johnson or whatever his name is. I don't even remember. Yeah. Uh, Bill Hader to me is yeah. somebody who does some amazing impression. I'm Uh, nations. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, Dana Carvey's up there. He's kind of the goat, but I feel like, he was also, he didn't have a lot of competition at the time, right? Like, there wasn't a lot of guys doing what he could do. Um, his aren't, like, yeah. his his are, because he's a comedian, they're funny, and they're an extreme version, but his are never, like, I would never close my eyes and think, 
Well, that really is Ross Perot. Like, yeah. Whereas Bill Hader can kind of almost like he basically can turn into Al, uh, Alan Alda, you know, like I do. Yeah. Agree with- right. Uh, I'm going to give you that. Like, and you know, like Bobby Moynihan used to be pretty good, but you wouldn't know it because he doesn't do them. Right. Like he's not asked to do them. It's just one of yeah. those things. If he does it on like a thing, um, Kevin Spacey is pretty good at impressions. Yeah. <laughs> now, and, and so the problem is this, right? Like I, you, to say who's the best, I think it also means like, are they varied enough? Right. Yeah. Cause you, you'll always meet like a Tom Hiddleston or somebody who's like, Oh, I do a Christopher Walken, but yeah, you do a Christopher Walken and it's not as good as other people's Christopher Walkens. Right. Like, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but your Christopher Walken will never be as good as Robin Williams, Christopher Walken, right? Like, that was that was the number one Christopher Walken. Um, so, yeah, you know what? Let me put Robin Williams on that list, too, because he used to do a pretty mean Jack Nicholson back in the day, too. Um, that's a good one. Bill Hader, I, I, I keep coming back to him. I keep coming back to him. Um, Who's that guy? Did Jay-Z. He used to be on... Uh, oh, yes. He's yeah. on SNL, too. Yeah, and he did a bunch, actually. He used to do, like... like he would do Denzel. He would do uh, Jay Farrow, I think is Jay who you're Farrow. thinking of. Yeah, yeah. And he would yeah. he does like Leon from Curb. He does like any like JB Smooth, I guess. Um, yeah. He can do a bunch. He can do a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you know, Jim Carrey used to do some good ones back in the day. Yeah, I would it's imagine he still. Good. I would imagine he still has it in him. You know who else? Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond, yeah. another SNL. Um, does some good. Great jobs uh, with that. You know who's really, really good? Actually, you know what? I was going on about Robin Williams as Christopher Walken, but the best Christopher Walken I've ever actually heard is Kevin Pollock. Um, That's, he, I was thinking of Kevin Pollock this whole time, actually. Yeah, he's he does a great Pacino, Nicholson, right? The thing is, you'll notice an overlap, right, between all these guys and, and, and the impressions they do. Hmm. Is They generally all can do a Walken. They can almost all do a Pacino and a Nicholson, right? Like... Guys who just have that kind of uh, air to them, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a couple of people like, um, do you remember Rich Little? Rich Little's going way, way back, but like he <laughs> yeah. was very, very good at what he did, right? Yeah. Um, I believe Rich Little's still alive, but probably like maybe like late 80s, probably by, by now, right? Age wise. Oh, yeah. he's He's probably pretty old, I think. Yeah. Only reason I know a little bit about Rich Little is because he's Canadian. Oh, right. is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. because I'm I'm old too. <laughs> that too. That too. You know, you know the, oh. when we were born, uh, Rich Little was our age as he right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, do you know? Uh, I know we talk about Marvel a little bit, but do you know Red Skull in? Uh, Infinity War and Endgame wasn't uh, played by Hugo Weaving. Right, right. It was some other because Hugo was busy doing something else at the time. Yeah, it was Ross Marquand, who's quite a good impressionist. Yeah, because at that point you're just doing a voice, right? Like it's <laughs> totally. not a big deal at that point. I don't think. Um, be. Yeah. No, yeah, right. Because it's 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 just a computer generated thing it's, it's one of those things where, where you have to wonder um like just how badly did they really need vin diesel to do groot <laughs> you could have hired anybody with a low voice right and then my next question is when was the last time vin diesel actually did the voice of groot 
right? Because at a certain point, you got to be like, if I'm Vin and they're like, hey, man, come on in. We need you to record for volume three. I'd be like, I think you guys have everything you need. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's enough variations of me saying Groot that you can work with that. But like, that's probably a, a quick, like 30 grand for Vin. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a 150 that's a 150k pull right there bud that's That's easy payday for for mr diesel very easy um oh my goodness imagine him and bradley cooper and the conversations they must have right because like cooper's like actually doing a voice with dialogue (laughs) and this guy's just like group (laughs) yeah but you know any any other lines and i would feel worried about having vin diesel in that role um (laughs) actually i hear that he uh, no spoilers because I haven't seen the thing, but I hear Groot has more lines in Guardians. Oh, of the damn! Okay, I, I think uh, I think I'll take the time to see this one. People seem to be responding well to it versus yeah. the I don't know the the three others that have come out in the last little while. I can't even remember them all. Um, <laughs> I know Doctor Strange was one of them. I think Ant Man. Oh, Ant Man! That's the one I keep forgetting about. Um, yeah, so this one seems to be getting a little bit of traction or love. But I also think I also think people are just conditioned right now. Uh, I think the issue that happened with Ant-Man and the issue that happened with uh, the one before it um, that Wakanda I just Forever. Met, yeah, the Wakanda Forever and then the one that came out, like, I've already, Doctor Strange, <laughs> Multiverse Madness, right? I think the issue with those ones were that they they all came out at a time where the movie going public we had not yet started going back to theaters. And I'll tell you how I know we're going back to theaters. Because Super Mario Brothers makes a billion (laughs) dollars. Right? And that tells me this. That tells me there are now people who are... COVID's in the fucking rear view, right? When the World Health Organization says it's no longer an emergency, and we've known it for maybe six months or longer, the idea is that everything's back, right? And... And what's also back is the random Friday, Wednesday night crowd who are kind of like, what do you want to do? You want to do something? Let's go see a movie. What's playing? I don't even think anything's playing. Oh, fuck Mario Brothers. Let's go see Mario. Everybody's seeing Mario Brothers. And we've gotten yeah. to the point where now, again, we're, we're at that point where I've got people telling me, hey, you want to go see a movie on Wednesday? And I'm like, I don't even know what's playing. And they'll come back with, yeah, we'll see what's playing. Oh, and that's how the movie going industry grew. And what what Multiverse of Madness didn't have was the stragglers. The guys were like, fuck it, let's just go see a movie tonight. Because nobody at that point in time, it still had to be like, do we really want to do this? Do we really want to go to the movies? I haven't gone to the movies in what feels like years. And, and in some cases, it was. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, I don't know if Volume 3 is any better than, than the three Marvel movies that have come out. But I'll well, tell think, you this: everybody's ready to go, right? Infinity War and Endgame are are going to be impossible to live up to, too, because they have the whole Super Bowl thing, where like people who don't even watch football watch the Super Bowl, <laughs> right? Right. Like, more than just Marvel fans were interested in the closure of that, like yes, ten years. Yes. Yep. Oh no. Um. And which I did you does that not frustrate you a bit though? I I remember going to see that. Like one of those, uh, like either Infinity War, it could have been the first Avengers, the second, third, fourth, I don't fucking know. But I remember going to an Avengers and coming out of it. And one of the people I went with was like, oh, that's pretty good. I've never seen a Marvel movie before. (laughs) And I just kind of in my head was like, why would you come? 
mm-hmm. right? Like, but you're right. It's an event thing, right? It's water cooler, and right? it's like people want to be able to. But the idea that someone could go see that movie and come away with it liking it, but have no connection to anything, that was really strange to me. Um, Bigger problem is that yeah. one of those people saw Ant Man. And that's why it got such bad reviews because they're like, this is not as good as the last one I saw. No, this is not what I thought it was, right? And um, and I guess that's that's the difference, right? Like an event, the next Avengers movie will also make a billion, uh, but there's no reason. You know what really kind of screwed it all up is that first Black Panther making a billion dollars because it had no right. It had no right to do so, <laughs> right? That was a seven hundred million dollar movie at tops, but. Right. It had it's a like specific, it had a specific market that they marketed to that were going to see it more than once. That drove it to where <laughs> it got to, right? Uh, <laughs> and I think Marvel was hoping for the same for Shang Chi, yeah. and it's like Shang Chi did well. It did made lots of money, very profitable, but the Asians did not come out the same way, you know. I or, think. Uh... Or maybe it was just that there was no fun thing for the Asians to yell after the movie, right? Like. It was really fun for the African-American community to run around going Wakanda forever for like throwing X's in front of themselves. I don't think Asians had anything coming out of Shang-Chi that they could, what were they going to yell? Ten rings. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Same stuff they've always had. It was a Kung Fu film. Uh, So that was, it wasn't different for their, for their, what they typically see their self-represented as, I think. Right, but right. I don't want to get into like, the serious topic. <laughs> um, no, I mean, hey, we can wrap that with a bow by saying everything everywhere did everything better than Shang Chi, yeah. right? That's the idea. There we go. Um, oh, I think Captain Marvel one or one made um, over a billion two. I think it was like a couple back to back, and it was just like this is the benchmark now. You, you make yeah. it or not. Let's start it's right like, setting, right? Let's let's right set those movies because I feel like a five hundred million dollar Marvel movie is fine. Well, right. you were in sales, right? You've had a manager who said, as soon as we hit it, we'll never go up. But it's, but it's February. We're slow in February. Yeah, but we hit it last time. <laughs> Those are my favorite. Uh, what I would call senior sales managers whose entire life revolves around numbers, but the refusal to acknowledge like global macroeconomics, right? <laughs> it's like, the, I believe in numbers, but don't tell me there's a recession happening. Right. Like it's like those things. It's like, I believe we can do this. I don't care what the interest rates are right now. It's like, you know, those things are correlated, but okay. I love it. I always, always feel for that person because that person is at the board meeting or their boss was at the board meeting and they don't care if it's realistic or not. So yeah, yeah. You can, you can tell who's, who's good or not. Right. Because, um, the very, very good, Senior sales managers will say, guys, this is the quota. This is the target. It's hard, but it's achievable. Uh, I will continue telling management about our concerns, but at the end of the day, we have to hit it. Right? Like, just realistically, we have to hit it. There's no fucking F stands or butts. Unfortunately, the guys above me don't give a shit about what's going on and outside. Right? Like, it's like, okay, cool, man. I get it. We're all in this together. Uh, let's all fucking suffer. Versus the guy who's just like, I don't want to hear any excuses. And it's kind of like, bro, you don't want to hear excuses from me? I know exactly what's happening in that meeting in two hours that you're going to go into. You're laying out nothing but excuses, right? Like, <laughs> that's the one that kills me, though. Yeah, let me give you some new ones. 
like, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> so, so I think until we see the truth, the real truth, Britney Spears is my flat earth. Like, you know how. <laughs> okay. If they can see the curvature of the earth, they won't believe there is one. <laughs> yeah. Even if you see, even if Britney shows up at your door. Britney has to show up at my door. Like if okay. she shows up, if she shows up on the Today Show, I'm just going to think it's fake. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be somebody who's studying like the inflection of her voice. Uh, being like those specific lines she said were said four weeks earlier on a different thing. You know I mean, like it's like a copyright kind of thing. They're going to be like, we, we see her voice. We've heard these lines before. They're just copying it from before. Now what? And then you're kind of like, Oh fuck. Because you know, people, people don't reuse the same sentences ever. Right, John? Jesus. Totally. <laughs> Sometimes back background noise is good. Um, I'm oh, avatar yes. as holograms, right? So she can't even tour. I got to see her like in a mall, like Tiffany. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> oh man, wouldn't that be an amazing music video in 2023? Actually, what? because no, because you know who wouldn't like? Because the TikTok kids and all of them, like the 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 under 25 crowd, if you want to put it that way, right? Uh, or let's just say anyone who doesn't have a, who, who can't drink legally in the States, 21 and under. If you were to put out a video right now of you like dancing Jesus. around. Yeah. But if you were to, <laughs> if you did, if, if you're Ariana, if you're, I don't know, Alicia Cara, if you're Selena, Go- whoever these newer ones are, Lotto, I don't give a fuck who you is, right? Like the newer ones. But if you were to go into a mall like the Walden Galleria and do a fucking show and record it, kids will lose their minds. Because they're never in malls and they wouldn't understand that that could have happened in a mall. They're going to see this video and be like, that's crazy. And then some guy like me will be in the comments being like, Tiffany did it first. <laughs> you hope so. That'll be how, that's a good roundabout way to get to the top end of this uh, episode, I think, eh? Tiffany basically, did it first. <laughs> basically, Gorov's going to win the comments. Hey, I try. I try. So I want. I want I want to take the last, um, well, I don't know, 10 minutes or so to talk about something. Finally, another thing that's really important, but it, not just to me this time, to both of us. Okay. Okay. It's that we want to encourage our listeners, our fact check army, to say no to the McFlurry moving forward, right? Yes. So this podcast, so you guys know, we're a pro frosty podcast. We're a pro blizzard podcast. But we are taking a stand against the McFlurry from now on, right? Right. Of course. I think the idea is that you you don't reward uh what I would call bad behavior. And the ice cream machine at the McDonald's is the epitome of bad behavior. Totally. Totally. I'm going to say this 90% of the time I'm convinced that there's nothing wrong with the machine. They just don't want to have to clean it at the end of the night. So they don't even want to use it during the day. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Another uh, big uh, issue I have with the McFlurry. Can I get a proper spoon please? Because this damn thing is always sticky and covered in ice cream because they use it to fucking mix the McFlurry. Like, yeah, just have a regular thing that mixes it and clean that 
like a sanitary restaurant. Like McDonald's can't be bothered to clean a mixing tool. So instead they make me suffer. I'll give you some inside baseball here. In my early <laughs> days when I used to work at the Tim Hortons, uh, I was at the I was at the forefront, the invention of the iced cappuccino. Uh, I had been working at this Tim Hortons for a good year before before that first machine showed up. And me and my franchise owner boss, Chuck, uh, we were looking at this machine like, what the hell do we do with it? And he just looked at me and said, this thing cost me five grand. Nobody better F it up. Uh, and I said to him, we should probably just never use it then. <laughs> right? Like, that was kind of the way I looked at it. I was like, well, what are you telling me what it's worth? Like, I don't care. I'm 16. You pay me six bucks an hour, bro. Like, am I supposed to bodyguard this thing? Now, that ice cap machine had a little protruding metal stick that was built into it to mix your ice caps. There was no little spoon that you connected. You just mixed it with that, and then you take the little water cup that you had on the side to clean off the little metal thing after you were done. That is what I hear you saying you need from the McFlurry machine. Okay, and I'm with you on this. The problem (laughs) is we're going to have a very hard time telling them we need more spoons in a world where they're giving us paper straws. But that doesn't mean they can't just switch the damn like whoever engineered the McFlurry machine got way too cute. Right. The reason that thing never works and it's always broken is because whoever engineered it decided we should have it so that the spoon clicks on. (laughs) Right? I think I think we can have a mixing a little mixing stick and a plastic spoon, much alike a, a frosty or a blizzard, and use less plastic. You could use less plastic because that I'm, spoon is a piece of plastic. You're right, and I think we've nailed it in the sense that why can you always get a frosty, and why can you always get um, like anything from anywhere else? It's because they didn't. They didn't go overboard with the engineering of the machine to have it so that the spoon fucking snapped on. Which is to say that some guy spent so much time working on that part of the machine that he forgot to build the rest of it. So uh, I want to encourage you guys to go to um, go to our merch website uh, and look for our new T-shirt. It has a big orange label on the front that says it's all in the spoon. We're selling those for a limited time up until the end of June. Uh, check yes. that out on our website. Uh, and that is uh, it's called. all proceeds um, <laughs> go to the CYCT Foundation uh, to, to help fight the campaign against McFlurries. Uh, listen, we don't ask a lot from our audience, right, John? We don't. Just listen and tell a friend. You know, we're not, we're not asking you to write the shows. Uh, but in this time, we are asking you to be an ally. You know, it's just really not enough for you guys to be pro-Frosty. We really, really do need you to be anti-McFlurry. Keep that one in mind. And in order to um, further help this cause, we'd like to uh, 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 announce that we're starting a pro-toppings campaign for Wendy's. Because why wouldn't the Wendy's Frosty, why can't they make a chocolate Mc, like McFlurry it? Like, just put some Oreo crumble in that, and I'm down for that that Frosty. I'm sorry, man. Am I about to blow your mind? Have you not heard of the Frosty Deluxe? They already have that? Yes, sir. I don't know if it's a limited time only thing or whatever it was, but I do remember the 
the the little moment in time in history where they had the frosty deluxe fact check army this is on you let me know if they still do or not but yeah it was oreo um and it was a, a scorebit uh or something similar to scorebit not actually score because that was the mcflurry guys but it was like i, I remember them yeah they got away with calling it i think an oreo frosty but it i don't even know if it was really oreo as much as it was just like baking crumbs you know what i mean Oreo writes deals with everybody, man. Not exclusive at all. They really aren't. No. Um, it's almost like Kleenex. Like Oreo is like a brand and a type of cookie. Right, 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 right. And when you get like an off-brand Oreo, you know it. But you still call it an Oreo. You do. You do. But like <laughs> it, it's just much the same way as like an off-brand Kleenex. It just doesn't feel right. You yeah. know? Totally. Uh, you like? Can you tell me what the name of the cookie is that an Oreo makes? <laughs> like Chips Ahoy makes chocolate chip cookies. Well, I mean, it's Mr. Christie who makes Oreo cookies. No, no, but isn't it like isn't it like a sandwich biscuit or something, something like that? I bet you it's a kind of cookie. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so where does the Oreo cookie get its name? Uh, the most popular theory is that uh, it came from taking the French word for gold, or, and was chosen because Oreo biscuits originally came in a gold-colored tin. How's that? Well, now I want you to type. the U.S. Oreo, uh, United States Oreo, was created in 1912 as an imitation of Hydrox. Hydrox, John. Hydrox is, I guess, a cream-filled chocolate sandwich cookie. That's what uh, that, I'm trying to get. It. Yeah, sandwich that cookie. was owned and manufactured by Leaf Brands. Uh, it was discontinued. Uh, ooh, so the, that company that originated the mm-hmm. Hydrox, if you will, is actually Keebler. Keebler Elves. Imagine, imagine having the Oreo in your hand, and then some other company. Well, I guess that's you know. That happens everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I was getting at. So like it's got an it's a it's a chocolate sandwich, cookie sandwich cookie? Chocolate sandwich cookie. That's the type of cookie like just like Kleenex makes a facial tissue or whatever. Fascinating. Uh, yeah, Fascinating. I, you know, I haven't seen any advertisements for this Frosty Deluxe, so okay. I, I haven't gonna... I haven't been to Wendy's, so yeah. I'm I'm in because if they don't have that like I said, I want our listeners to encourage to write your local MP <laughs> and Wendy Thomas and uh, encourage the return to the Frosty Deluxe. I got for you here uh, something called the Frosty Sunday. Ooh. Maybe an American thing. I don't know. But they do have a couple of flavors of them. Um Sounds sounds very American, actually. Sunday. Hmm. Yeah, I don't see anything right now in Canada. We're gonna have to make some uh, make some noise. Make some noise on that front. I'll write a punk song about it. <laughs> and don't forget to tune in next week when we run through the best milkshakes in Canada. <laughs> yeah, we should do more stuff where I eat shakes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, it's the Harveys. <laughs> oh. It really is. 
Yeah. It really is. You want a milkshake in Canada that you can't like, I know people love that th- triple thick shit from uh, McDonald's, but like, that's not really even a milkshake. It's just gel- gelatin kind of almost. Um, but you get yourself one of those hand spun, uh, <laughs> made with real fucking ice cream from Harvey's. You will not regret it. What about the DQ? Uh, I guess, but DQ to me is like, don't, I assume they use like some of their soft serve. Yeah, they use soft serve. For sure. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. I'm talking scoops. You want real scooped ice cream like oh, you get at Harvey's, oh. right? That's what I'm talking about. Wow. I have real scoops. Huh. Yeah, right? Ah, that's a milkshake. That's a real milkshake. You know more about fast food drinks than I do. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in my car. No, is that why? <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I, I swear, man, like there, you know what I mean? Like back in the day when I used to be driving like from Toronto to Ottawa, like once a week for work. And it's just kind of like, trust me, the things you stop to eat uh, at times that you didn't think you were hungry. I mean, it's just, I've, <laughs> it's like not to, not to start going into song, but it's like, I've been everywhere, everywhere, man. <laughs> uh, well, across sad. the desert square. <laughs> With a frosty hand, um, I, you know I've never tried. I've never tried that. Uh, have you ever tried the Blizzard that has the tube of chocolate or the ch- tube of peanut butter in it? Like the what are they called? What's yes, the, yeah, I had. Uh, I don't know what they call them either. Blizzard holes, yeah. maybe something like that. Um, I got it. I got the one that. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right, Royale or something like that. And I got one. Uh, that had like the chocolate center or the brownie center or something. Um, are you an are you an off menu Blizzard order guy? Oh, I don't think so. I am. I know what I you am. Order? What do you order? So they used to have it on the menu forever and ever, and they've stopped. But the idea is, if you go in and you ask them for a Georgia mud fudge, oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, they'll still get it to you. Right. Oh. the The workers may not like the worker. Okay, so what happened with me is like I walked in, I said, "Hey, pleasant." Warm day to you too. May I get myself a Georgia mud fudge? Georgia mud fudge. Georgia mud fudge. Like, mud fudge. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's it's actually mud. M U D. Like I know the name. Uh, and then, anyways, I I go through it and I'm like, hey, uh, I want it. And the girl at the register is like. I don't know what you're talking about. And then, like, you get lucky, right? Because you got that, the senior person who's like, knows the things, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, you ring it in. Here it is. Uh, and they have a Blizzard Bible by their Blizzard stand where every Blizzard they've ever made is inside. Because yeah. all Blizzards are essentially any combination of the same 10 toppings they've got in front of them, right? It's the same 10 toppings, just in a different mix of whatever to make the blizzard you've asked for. So this person, bless her heart, probably wondering why she ever, like, she was not expecting, like, a Starbucks fucking order on her first day at Dairy Queen, uh, opens up the Bible, gets to the Georgia Mud Fudge page, and, like, like a bartender who's trying to learn how to make a Manhattan for the first time, you just see her finger along the book, all right, handful of peanuts, handful of this, handful of... You did every second of your order. <laughs> Goodness, yeah, she did. But hey, man, now she knows what a Georgia mud fudge is. You know what? I I usually get the mint Oreo. Next time I go, I'm gonna order a mint chocolate sandwich cookie, and they'll be like, "What do you mean Oreo?" I'm like, "Yeah, whatever you guys have." <laughs> I don't do mint. I cannot do mint and chocolate. Oh, oh no, okay. I I have an issue. Like the arrow mint to me is an abomination of a chocolate bar. Um, why? Why even? 
No, it's just my personal preference, man. I don't mind mint like in my gum. Um, I find it refreshing and delicious. Yeah, I just can't eat it. I, I feel like uh, you give me a mint chocolate bar and I feel like I'm supposed to be like brushing my teeth. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it gives me a sensation of like, is this mouthwash? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm eating scope right now. That kind of stuff. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was excited about this podcast episode today. I don't know where it ended up talking about um, our favorite kinds of uh, frozen desserts, but I hope you guys had a good time. And you know what? Treat yourself this week and get yourself a Frosty. There you go. I hope everybody has a good week. Thanks for listening to Can You Confirm That? We'll see you guys next week. We'll chat then. You want me to edit that out? <laughs> I would leave it. I think that's hilarious, actually. Um, so, no. So... <laughs>